Why, hello. Welcome to ViewCast. Before I introduce the guest for episode one, I should probably fill you in a little bit. So I've spent roughly two years as a reporter slash editor for the online website and the student-run magazine. Over the course of that time, I've had the opportunity to sit down and talk to many fascinating people, be it a professor, a coach, another student. I've had great conversations, some of them a half hour, some of them an hour. And leaving them and going back and writing, I'm only able to use two, three, maybe four quotes if I'm lucky. And it was bothering me that I would have these in-depth conversations and I wouldn't get to express all the information that I was getting. So I figured, how can I do that? Duh, I'll record it. Ergo, the ViewCast podcast. So what I'm doing here is I'm sitting down with all the cool people around Grandview's campus talking about all things Grandview. And my guest today is head wrestling coach Nick Mitchell. Coach Mitchell and the Vikings have won seven consecutive national titles. We talked about what it takes to do that. He explained the championship lifestyle. He told us what it means to do more. And he talked about his days as a competitive wrestler. He's a really fascinating guy, and I had a great time sitting down and talking with him. So without further ado, here is episode one of ViewCast with head wrestling coach Nick Mitchell. Coach Mitchell, thank you for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I appreciate it uh, very much. This is the first episode of my internship, actually. It's a Grandview-based podcast. So nice. I've, uh, I, like, I like to be first. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, that is cool. I mean, you definitely do like to be first. Se- right. Seven years in a row of <laughs> yep. national champions. I guess I'll just start with that. Seven years in a row. How, how is that even possible? Oh, man. Um, really, it's it's been about the culture. You know, that's that's probably the, the biggest thing we talk about. Um with our program is just building a culture where that's kind of the expectation year to year and and um, we've got a framework that that we can build off of um, each season and uh, just an expectation level where guys know what's expected as soon as they get here and that framework I remember I've talked to you before and you mentioned the championship lifestyle yep and I think that's like the the foundation of what your uh what your wrestling team is all about so kind of talk about that lifestyle yeah so um you know going back the first the first season of wrestling at grandview was 2008-2009 and um really at that point i got hired in march that year and you know the state wrestling tournaments in february and so it was really a quick turnaround as far as recruiting that first team and you know we, we brought in good numbers we had like 26 guys that year um but of course it, it wasn't i wasn't able to be real selective on the type of guys we brought in. I was just trying to fill a team, fill a roster. And really the first few years of the program, um, we were doing well. You know, as far as the results went, we were eighth in the nation, ninth in the nation, and fifth in the nation those first three years. So on the outside looking in, people were impressed. They thought things were going well. But on the inside, we knew it wasn't where we wanted to be. And it was really two things. One, I mean, we weren't happy with being fifth in the nation. That wasn't the goal. We wanted to win a national title. And then on the other side was I just knew the culture wasn't where it needed to be. And so we started talking about championship lifestyle really the second year of the program. And to be honest, I, I tell people this, I, I saw it on a T-shirt somewhere. I saw the phrase on a T-shirt and I stole it and I, and I made it mine. And, and so I don't know who came up with it, but it's mine now and, and we talk about it a lot. But it's really just, you know, we started preaching to these guys that, you know, they came in um, to our program and they were all, they loved wrestling. They were serious about wrestling. They put a ton of time into the sport, um, but then in other aspects of their life, they were okay with letting themselves off the hook. You know, whether it was academically or 
socially or uh, you know their family life their faith life uh, they weren't they weren't living like champions in, in those parts of their life and so I just try to help those guys understand that it doesn't work like that you know you can't you can't be super disciplined in one area of your life and then practice um, being lazy in three or four or five other areas and think that it's not going to have an impact because it, it will. And so we just talked about that a lot. And then um, year number four, we won our first national championship. And then the other thing that happened that year was we finished fourth in the nation in academics. And up to that point, we had never been in the top 20. You know, I think they keep results of the top 20 teams and we didn't make the list and I wouldn't want to know how far down the list we were. Um, but we finished fourth that year, and, and every year that we've won a national championship, we've been in the top 15, and we've finished as high as second. And so that's a big part of it, you know. And, and really that year that we won the title and we finished that high academically, it was kind of an opportunity for me to tell the guys, I told you so, because that's exactly what we've been preaching, and, and it showed. So that's what it's been. And, and so now when kids visit, that's what we talk to them about. You know, it's uh, of course there's a recruiting uh, component to it, but it's really it's me just telling them what the expect, expectation is going to be if they decide to wrestle at Grandview, um, you know, and it's about living that championship lifestyle. And if they like that, if that's something they think they could fit into, then they're going to love it here, and, and this is a great place for them. So whoever whoever's idea that was actually on the T-shirt, sorry, yeah, it's gone now. It's mine that's now. yours. Yeah, it's it's ours. Because no nobody's yeah. actually been able to embody it like you have with seven straight national championships, right. and uh, that is such a such an amazing thing to preach to young adults uh not just in this one aspect of your life but in all aspects of life and i've seen you talk about um i think you call it do more yeah uh, you guys have said use that phrase a lot yep. uh, talking about your wrestling culture so what does it mean to do more yeah so it's something that actually you know um it, it's interesting because this whole championship lifestyle thing, I mean, it, it impacts everybody at all phases of your life. It's not just college, but, you know, college is just such a, an important time where you start developing these habits, you know. And so it's something when I go out and I do speaking events or I go to different companies and talk to them about um, what a championship lifestyle is, there, there's three things that we talk about. And it's doing it anyway, doing more, and doing it with purpose and passion. And so, you know, the, the do it anyway part is just when there, there's so many things in life that we don't feel like doing um, on a daily basis that you know you need to do and so it's just a matter of not paying attention to how you feel about it and just doing it anyway and and that was something my coach um, talked to me about you know or talked to our team about when I was in college and it ultimately changed my life because I finally figured it out my second year of college and everything was different for me from that point on and still to this day really um, the the feeling of not wanting to do something is actually my motivator you know so if I know there's something I need to do and I don't feel like doing it for it's it's like the reverse effect for me and, and I try to you know try to get our guys to think the same way it's um, you know just doing the things we know we need to do every single day um, and, and whether we feel like it or not you know our feelings are really irrelevant and you know we have to understand the feelings aren't a good compass and so once we know, once we get that, then then it's okay. Then you get you're gonna get a lot more done when you stop paying attention to you know how motivated you are and you just decide you're just gonna do it anyway. And then the do more part is really it's about um, just successful people do more than everybody else. They do more of the right things. You know they put more time in. Uh, they they work harder. They they just make more of the right decisions. They sacrifice more. Um, you know so it, it's pretty simple with our team. They know that we're, we're going to work harder than, than most of the teams out there, but even what we do as a team isn't enough. I mean, these guys have to get extra workouts in on their own. 
Um, they've got to be more disciplined. They're going to have to eat right. They're going to have to spend more time watching film, working on technique. Uh, it's just, it's a pretty simple equation. But the thing is, like, that's not how we operate in a society. You know, most of us, what, what really what most of us want is maximum results with minimum effort. You know, that that's really is the idea. I mean, people, no matter what, everybody... Um, that that's that's kind of what people really want, you know. It's like winning the lottery is so intriguing because you spend a buck and you're a millionaire. Mm-hmm. You know, and that sounds great because you don't have to put any work into it. But really, what these guys will find out at some point is that the work that goes into it that's the rewarding part. And so when it's all said and done, if you win a national championship, it's it's so rewarding not just because you won, but because you know how much work it takes to get to that point. If it was easy, it wouldn't be that rewarding. You know, anything you do in your life that's easy when you accomplish it you know that how easy it was it doesn't really make you feel great about yourself but if you do something that was super hard that was it took a ton of time a ton of discipline um then when you get done then that's the part that feels good so really that that's the do more part is you know you know if you do that then um in the long run you're going to be a better person because of it and then the last part is just doing it with purpose and passion and you know it's just a matter of everybody you know say you work an eight hour day if you and i work the, the same eight hour day um, there's a pretty good chance that our productivity level is not going to be the same. So it's not just about the time that we put in, but what kind of time do we put in? What kind of purpose do we have when we get there? What kind of passion do we bring to the job each day? And, and so you got to come in with a vision. You got to know why you're there. You got to you got to know what you're working towards. And you know it's it's about getting the most out of your time while you're there. So really, um, the the championship lifestyle part is it's a big uh, philosophy. It's like an overarching theme. But to live that out on a daily basis, it's you got to you got to practice doing it anyway. You got to do it more, and then once you do it more, you got to do it with purpose and do it with passion. So to do it more, I mean, there's a lot of things that you could do to do more. Who or what is something that your average Joe, your average passerby, or could do in their daily life to do more? It, it all depends on like what you know what you're looking at. But I'll give you a good example for our guys. We talk about like just silly things like. You know, if you, if you have an opportunity to take the stairs or the elevator, you take the stairs. You know, for, on campus, we've got all the campus doors. Uh, on campus, there's the handicap door and the regular door. And so some people will push the button and walk through the handicap door because that's the easiest. Some people walk through the regular door and because that's the next level. But our guys know you should push the handicap door open because it's the heaviest door on campus. Get an extra and, rep. Right. It's, <laughs> it's just a little bit more. And you don't know, right? I mean, you just the thing is about it is... There's no magic number to, to know like what how many how many reps it's going to take. You don't know how many of the right things it's going to take until you accomplish your goal. And so the idea of like oh that's good enough or this isn't going to matter. You don't know. It, it, it's going to matter. Everything matters and it's all going to add up. So it's just just under, don't play that game with yourself. Don't don't think like oh this is the day I need to take a day off and it's not going to matter. You know in college I know it's always like for, for a lot of athletes it's you know okay if I go out and party this weekend it's not going to matter. Um, you know, or it's then it's the next weekend and then it's the next weekend and you, you try to trick yourself into thinking that it's not going to make a difference and you, you don't know. Ultimately, you have no idea. And so you, you just got to ask yourself, are you really willing to take that risk or not? I love it. I love do more. I love the idea of doing more. I, sure. the, the handicap door thing right. is so funny. It's fascinating, <laughs> too. Um, so I want to know a little bit about before you came to Grandview, like what were your wrestling days like? You went to uh, Wartburg? Yep. Yeah? Mm-hmm. What were your competition days like? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I grew up in the Des Moines area and then went to high school at Johnston High School. So I'm from this area originally. And then obviously at that point, uh, Grandview didn't have wrestling. 
And then, um, yeah, I went to Warburg College, and um, I graduated from Warburg in 2000. And at Warburg, I was a three-time All-American, and I finished. So in high school, at the state tournament, I finished third, fourth, and third. And then in college, I finished third, second, and third. So it's just like a depressing list of being really close to, to not winning it multiple times. So, uh, But ultimately, that really has made me a better coach because a lot of the things I preached – I didn't understand at that point. You know, if I did, I would have won. I would have been better. You know, and so it's easy for me to remember. Um, you know, those mistakes that I made and the things that I was thinking, and you know, the the just opportunities to let myself off the hook that I took too many times. Um, you know, and so I was just your average college athlete that was. You know, yeah, I was, I was pretty good, but I could have been a lot better if I, if I would have understood some of these concepts a little bit more. So then what was your transition into coaching like? Was it directly from competing to coaching and then from coaching to more coaching? Yeah, so, I mean, after I graduated, actually my first three years at Warburg, I was, um, or my first three years coaching at Warburg, I was just a part-time coach, and then I was actually teaching sixth grade. So I was the sixth grade teacher in Waverly, Iowa. Um, it was a private school. It was like a, a pre-K through six building. So I was the only male teacher in the building. Actually, it was like me and... Uh, the janitor Larry who were the only two men in the whole building and uh, it was a good place like I really liked it, it you know it was a, it's the only um, ELCA elementary school in Iowa the ELCA Lutheran elementary school in Iowa so a little bit you know I'm, I'm a Lutheran and, and ELCA Lutheran and so just a little bit interesting that I went to Warburg which is an ELCA Lutheran school I taught at St. Paul's and then I came here to Grandview which is also an ELCA Lutheran school um, and so during that time that first three years I was I was teaching sixth grade, which I liked, but I, I got to the point where I knew that coaching full-time was really what I wanted to do. And so then I moved into the admissions office at Wartburg. I was um, I was, worked in the admissions office, and then um, I was there for five years. And when I left, I was the assistant director of admissions there. And uh, that was really valuable for me, um, just because I had so much experience recruiting. Uh, that, that was a huge part of it, you know, just understanding how the, the recruiting process works and the financial aid process. And, you know, one thing I, I really enjoy meeting with students when they come on campus, you know, and obviously meeting with wrestlers when they come to campus and visit is a huge part of the recruiting process. Um, and in admissions, it wasn't always wrestlers. You know, I was meeting with all sorts, I mean, you know, it might have been a, a student that wanted to be a music therapy major that I had nothing in common with, but it was good experience like understanding how that process works and asking the right questions and being able to learn how to kind of sell um, your program you know no matter where you're at so that was really valuable and then actually uh, I heard about the Grandview job opening up um, my last year at Wartburg so coach Woodley our football coach here he and my uh, college wrestling coach are really good friends Woodley told him that we were going to start wrestling and he told me, and, and I was probably one of the first people that knew about it. I actually emailed Troy Plummer before the job even opened up, and somehow got the job, and the rest has kind of been history. I think Coach Woodley might be one of those guys who has a connection to every person somewhere down the line. He's so true. He knows everybody. Like, and, and you know, like if you sit down and talk to him, you're, you're going to talk to him for a solid hour because you're going to have a bunch of people that you both know, and he's got a bunch of hilarious stories most of the time, too. Right. He's a... Uh, he actually coached one of my uncles in high school at East High Waterloo. <laughs> really? Yeah. And uh, he, all he remembered my dad as was that little squirt that ran around at baseball games. Right. And then <laughs> he meets him 35 years later when he's recruiting his son to play football. So mm -hmm. it, it is fascinating. Coach Woodley's had a, had a heck of a journey. And 
yeah. done good things for that football program too. For um, sure. How competitive would Grandview be with Division One college wrestling programs? Um, I, I'd like to think we'd do pretty well. You know, obviously it's uh, it's hard to say. You know, and it's a year to year type of thing. Um, you know, in, in 2014 we wrestled Drexel and Iowa State, and uh, we beat Drexel. And we lost 22 to 18 to Iowa State, and it was really just a, a one-match swing. And we had a couple of matches there that probably could have went, went either way. And, and actually, we had two uh, backups um, in the lineup for that duel. Um, but it's what it was. You know, that was the team that we had at the time, and um, it was probably something that we needed at the time because we were pretty good that year. And I think Iowa State was a top 15 team um, nationally that year in Division One. So, um, you know, and the other part is if you're uh, if you're Division One, you know, let's just say all of a sudden Granby was Division One, it'd probably be a little easier for us to recruit some of those kids because I'd say over half the kids that we lose, um, we lose to a Division One program, and the reason is just because we're not Division One, you know. And, and I understand that, but we really try to talk to these guys about uh, where do you feel like you can be your best. You know, it doesn't matter what the division is, and I understand that, you know, that excitement of you know wrestling at the Division One level. Um, but when it comes down to it, for us. Uh, we want to compete against the best teams. We, we try to go out and find the best competition throughout the year. In the off season, we've got a freestyle club that travels and trains, and you know we, we wrestle really good competition. So most of those guys, if they don't get blinded by that that you know quote unquote D1 dream, and if, if they just can figure out you know where where can they come and be part of something unique, be part of something special, have coaches that are really going to care for them and look after them, and, and be in a situation where you can really find out how good they can be then, you know, those guys, they'll, they'll choose us most of the time. So is there is there even anything like that, like a hybrid NAIA D1 wrestling tournament or some well, practice? like or? our first tournament of the year, we actually go to the Iowa State tournament. And so that's the nice thing about um, college wrestling is the open tournaments on the weekends usually are a mix. You know, we'll have, there'll be Division One teams, there'll be D2s, NAIs, some JUCOs, you'll see some D3s. So it really is a good mix. And so that's the nice thing for these guys is they know as, as long as you plan your schedule right, you're going to get an opportunity to see some really good teams. So, um, like I said, we go to Iowa State. Um, our tournament usually has some NA or some Division One teams that'll show up, and then you know there's a couple others that we'll try to go to. And this year, actually, for the first time, we're going to take some guys out to the Reno Tournament of Champions. And last year, I mean, there were some really good Division One teams there. So we're going to get a mix. You know, we used to go to the Midlands Championships every year, and this past year was the first year ever that they didn't let non-Division One teams wrestle at it. Um, which is frustrating for us and is part of the reason why we're going to go out to Reno this year because we do, we, we want to wrestle the best competition. And it's just, we need it. You know, it's a chance for us to go and get pushed. And um, it's not, we're not trying to, I mean, yeah, we want to win everything, but that's not ultimately the goal. The goal is to find out how good we can be. And so you, you can never find that out unless you go out and get pushed throughout the season. Yeah, I mean, it's also good to be humbled every now and again. For uh, sure. Try to go up against something that, is very highly unlikely and right. just eat it. I Absolutely, mean, that's, that's yeah. good for you every yeah. now and again. It is definitely nothing wrong with that. Um, I've I've been at the football field while the wrestling team has been doing some let, let's call them fun workouts. <laughs> um, we had a thing when for football called Freshman Fridays. I mean, uh, I, I call them will testers. Right. Uh, what is what is your perspective on uh, a will tester workout in the place of in in sports? Is there's, there's a time and place for it, right? Yeah, for sure. Yep. It's probably something we've gotten better at over the years is not um, 
making every workout a will tester, you know, where, uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta train the right way and be smart and be healthy. But, um, you know, maybe it, it, it's got a different reason every time you do it, you know, and I know, um, 2012, that was the first year we won our title. We had a really tough preseason that year. And part of it was just cause we wanted these guys to, to know how tough they were. You know, and because you go through a workout like that, you know, you go to a stadium workout or we take them to a hill and do a hill workout. It's really brutal, you know, and there's probably times throughout the workout that you don't think you're going to survive. And you probably have visions of just getting out of there and, you know, and and maybe quitting the team on the spot that day. But once you get through it, you feel better about yourself. And it's really an opportunity to, like, earn confidence. And I, I think that's something that everybody wants to be confident when they compete. Uh, but a lot of times they're tricking themselves. You know, they're trying to convince themselves they're confident when they know they really don't have the right to be confident. You know, so if you haven't put the work in, if you haven't gone through some workouts like that, if, you, if you're not living right, you know, outside of the, the practice time, uh, you know, socially, academically, and you're not going to be con- You can try to trick yourself as much as you want. And, and especially wrestling when it's just two guys on the mat, and you walk out there and if you, if you know you're not in shape, if you know you're not prepared, that can be a lonely feeling walking out there knowing that you're about to take a beating. So um, that that's what it is. And we talked to we we had one this year already down at the stadium, and it was tough. You know, one of the things we had him do was just do a wheelbarrow, um, you know, a 400. Just you know, we told him you better put your shoes on your hands because the last time we did it, the guy's hands were like skinned alive basically, and uh, they got done. And and I told him, hey, this wasn't. Yeah, I want you to be strong, but I, we didn't do this to have strong shoulders. We did it to be tough, you know, and it really was dumb. It was stupid, but it's hard, and, and you're tougher for doing it, and you should feel good about that. And I, and I think the guys understand that they, they earn some confidence on a day like that. So workouts like that are, I feel like, I feel like they're kind of going away because of, uh, I don't know, I don't want to call it outrage, but maybe sensitivity. Um, just the way that a lot of people are bringing being brought up nowadays and um i think there's a difference between a workout like that and a workout like that where it's like a toxic environment and the coaches are are trying to make it hell yeah but it it sounds like what you got is a just a hell of a workout Mm -hmm. and there's a lesson behind it for sure i I mean that's the key is that you got to know what you're doing it for and, and and no you can't do it all the time and and as a coach, like if you haven't gone through some of that yourself too, it, you can't you can't direct a workout like that because it, it can be crazy, you know. And it, it's it's to a point where you got to be smart about the health of the athlete, and you got to know that where you're pushing that line too much. Um, and th- that's really the thing is th- there's a why to it, you know. And for us, that's that's usually during preseason. Preseason it's once a week, you know. Once we get into the season, we we work really hard, but there's no crazy workouts like that during the year because you're trying to make sure you're ready to compete from week to week so yeah and that whole thing with like the you know the culture of some of that today and and it's something that for me like I get a little bit defensive of like college kids at this age because people are like oh man you know these millennials they're this and that and they're soft and they're not soft they're they're they just haven't been some of them haven't been taught yet you know and I, I know for me as a coach, like I would never ever say like my guys are soft or my guys don't know how to work hard because to me that would be, that's like a slap in my own face. You know, that that's my job to teach them. And so any parent out there that says kids are soft these days, that you're, you're calling your own teaching soft then, you know, and any coach who calls their athletes soft, 
that's your fault, you know. So it's our job to, to coach him up and teach him how to not be soft. So like I guess I get I get defensive about, the, about these guys because they're our guys and we love them and, and we know that they put a lot of work in. And, yeah, they, they need some work put into them and they need to be taught sometimes how to be a little bit tougher, but that's that's what we get paid to do. I think a lot of people that end up listening to this will be – athletes around campus and they'll really appreciate that perspective uh-huh. that there is a why behind it for sure and, i mean that idea of being called soft that is such a thing in our generation today for sure we all we get called soft all the time but right. yeah and pretty soon you start believing it you hear it enough you know and i mean that's the thing like i don't know our guys the wrestlers at least i know they're not soft and, I, and i've seen the work that the other athletes here put on campus put in on campus and um, obviously we're, we're really successful here at Grandview for a reason and it's not because we're soft that's for sure so when I was in high school the wrestlers who also played football usually defensive line or linebackers they were always way harder to block and I, I think if I could go back in time I would probably wouldn't have played basketball I probably would have wrestled instead knowing what I know now about both sports and about my development uh what what do you think about wrestling and how it translate to other translates to other sports or just being an athlete in general? Yeah, I really think like um, you know you're seeing it a lot now, especially there, there's been a ton of articles just over the last few years about how many football coaches like to recruit wrestlers or guys that that wrestled also, and, and we see it a ton. I mean, when we recruit um, upper weight wrestlers, so many of them are are being recruited for football, and you know some of it's just the you know it's the footwork and um, you know some of the stuff that they that they understand with their bodies, and a lot of it's just the mentality. You know they're used to being physical. They're used to being pushed. They're used to um, maybe having a little bit of pressure on them. You know, and so I think sometimes with wrestling, you know, like I said earlier, when you walk out of the match, it's just you and one other person. And you know whether it's football or baseball, it's a team sport. And so maybe those guys that, that have wrestled, they're used to feeling that pressure and they probably don't feel as much pressure, you know, in some of those team sports. So um, to me, like, you know, I have two girls um, and I don't know what sport they're gonna end up getting into, you know, but we try to get them involved in everything. And I think that's the best thing for really all sports. More and more you're seeing kids now, they, they, they start specializing way early. And I'm just, I, that's, I, I don't, I think it's the wrong thing to do. You know, I think you, these guys need to, you know, the guys and girls, they need to play a lot of sports. They need to figure out what they like. Um, you know, and I think sometimes this whole club thing, uh, when it gets, when it gets over the top, it's hurting, it's hurting our sports. And I know with wrestling is a good example where you'll see these kids, they get really good early and they work so hard. They train like a college athlete when they're elementary and junior high. And those are the kids that end up getting burnt out. And then meantime, these other kids, they try to start late and they start in sixth grade and they get their butts kicked by these guys that are that have been training like a college athlete since they were four. And so the new kid quits, too. You know, so it hurts our numbers. And we're seeing that with wrestling. And I think you see it in other sports, too, where, you know, and and I understand as a parent now you start seeing it where the other kids are developing because they're doing these clubs that their parents are paying ten thousand dollars a year for. And you're like, oh, man, I got to keep up. So I better get my kid in this. And. You just have to take a step back and be like, listen, we're not going to get any scholarships at eight years old. So I'm a Parks and Rec guy. My girls are Parks and Rec, you know, and plus it's cheap. So that's, they get a good experience. They find out what they really like. And, you know, then kind of, we can figure it out as they get older. Very, very simple, simple minded. Right. It seems very, sure. you seem like a very simple man when it comes to these kind of like a big overarching questions. You just have like a very 
chill look at it. Right. And I mean, <laughs> exactly. I, I think that's definitely the way to go. Right. I mean, especially with, especially with kids, man. I mean, forcing kids into these situations. Right. Just being overcoached, over overtrained. For that's sure. like the uh, Moranovich project. I don't know if you've ever heard of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, watch that. Thirty yeah. for thirty. Uh-huh. That's all I can think about when I see some of these like super young kids yep. getting involved in that stuff super early. For sure. Well, the, you know, and then I read something too about you know, just think about baseball for example. Um, you know, if you want to be you want to be a really good baseball player, the the best way to be good is to get a bunch of reps in. You know, well. If you play in the backyard, you get a lot of reps, right? I mean, you, 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 your dad pitches to you 100 times, you're going to get 100 swings in. Or if you, you practice pitching 100 times, you're going to get 100 pitches in. If you go play a game, you know, you pay all this money to be in this league and you, you buy the fancy bat, the fancy uniform and whatever else, and then you go play the game, you might touch the ball six times the whole game. You know, you might, you might get four at-bats the whole game. How many reps are you really getting in? You know, how, how good are you really getting at that at that sport? So... It just goes back to a lot of time, just go play in the backyard and learn how to do some of this stuff and, um, you know, let, let kids figure out along the way if they really want to compete, you know, and be involved at that level. All right, so to end this, I've got a few things that I'm going to ask everybody who comes on here. All right, All right. Good. So first of all, what are your three favorite places on Grandview's campus? Uh, the wrestling room, easy. That's that's number one. Um, I, I love – so our new wrestling facility is um, – you know, it's, it's the old AMF bowling alley, mm-hmm. and uh, we, we've got one of the best wrestling facilities in the nation now. It's four full mats, so I love being down there. Uh, number two is uh, my office. I love being at my office. Um, I just like I like being at work. I love being here. I don't really consider it um, going to work. You know, if, if whatever, if I come in here, if I tell my wife I'm coming into Grandview, I'm not like, hey, I'm going to work. It's usually I'm going to the office um, because I don't, I don't really consider it work. I mean, I, when I get here, I like to work hard, and I like to put time in. But um, I like being in my office. Um, number three, I don't know. I probably, figured I'd be able to stump you with this yeah, one. That's, that's a tough one. It's probably a tie between the old wrestling room and the weight room. I like to work out, but I like being down there when our guys are. I love watching our guys put work in. Um, but our old wrestling room, there's something special to that too. It's it's pretty small compared to most wrestling rooms. There's a ton of history in that room. Um, I think we won our first three or four national titles training in that room and just a lot of good memories of getting the program going within that in that old room okay next one have you seen anything read anything or listened to anything lately that you would like to point people in the direction of um i mean there, there's probably a, a a couple things one um oh let's see what's this book called i just i read it last year it's, it's one of the one, probably oh it's called a resilience it's um it's a book eric greitens is the guy's name he's actually he was the governor of missouri um, he was actually involved in some scandal last year. I think he like kidnapped somebody or something. Ooh. But the book is really good. Um, he was an, an ex Navy SEAL, and in the book, basically, he's writing letters to a friend of his that has been having a tough time with like depression and PTSD and, and some alcohol issues. And it's just uh, it's one of the one of the best books I've ever read as far as just um, just mindset wise. I uh, really like that. And then there's there's a book called um, Inside Out Coaching. And that, that author actually, he used to play for the, um, the Colts back in the day. Um, there's actually the same author, there's a, a documentary on Netflix um, called The Masks We Wear. And it's really about like being a man and, and, and like how society defines what being a man is versus what a man really is. And uh, it, it's just good stuff, you know. And, and really, you know, I'll tell you quick, society, you know, what he talks about is society defines a man as like, 
how much sex he has, how much money he has, and being really good at sports. You know, and you think about the society that we live in, that gets promoted so much, and, and people like to brag about those things so much, but those people aren't happy, you know. And it, just this week, you know, Mac Miller, the rapper that, that OD'd, there's a guy, I mean, he had all those things, you know, but, I mean, not good at sports, but he was really successful, right? And, and what, what did it get him in the long run? You know, he was, he was depressed, he had drug problems and, and EODs, and there's a good example. People are chasing the wrong things, you know, because you can get all those things and not feel good about yourself. So, um, you know, we got to get back centered and chasing the right things. I'm going to look those up, man. Yep. Those sound awesome. They're good. And then this is the last, last little segment that I'm going to do. I call it Rattle It Off. Okay. So I'm going to just answer it questions one word answers just right. give it to me straight all right okay. water or sports drink water steak or chicken steak cyclones or hawkeyes Grandview vikings baby pizza or pasta pizza dogs or cats dogs cable or netflix netflix book or article book what's worse laundry or dishes Laundry. Laundry sucks. Yeah. Last one. <laughs> airplane or road trip? Airplane. Not a fan of the road trip? I like the road trip, but air, if I get on an airplane, I'm going somewhere cool. Like, I'm, I'm traveling. I'm getting, it's going to be a long ways away. Usually that means it's going to be a good time. That's a good point. For sure. All right, well, that's all I got. I really appreciate you doing this. Sure. I'm uh, excited for people to hear this. I think a lot of people will be able to relate to or at least be very receptive to some of the stuff that you said. So again, thank awesome. you very much, yeah, man. I appreciate me. it. First one, hopefully, hopefully this thing takes off. It will. All right.